and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode number 33. I am Craig. I am Britt. And Britt, we are post-Super Bowl. Yeah. You excited? Yeah. Happy? You know, no. No? No. Oh, that's sad. You know, it's a lot but, of work during the season, but now that it's over, it's just kind of like, ugh. Oh. Now what? But more importantly, what yeah. are you drinking there? Um. Well, I went to a fantastic Super Bowl party hosted by my brother and one of our dear friends there, uh, Mario, who occasionally listens to the, the podcast, um, happened to bring a beer bus or two full of delicious Two Roads beers, hashtag sponsor us, and uh, it wasn't a huge beer drinking crowd, so at the end of the night, Mario handed me a big old bag and said, here, take this beer home. So I have a delicious Road to Ruin by <laughs> Two Roads Brewing that was left over from the party. Hey, free beer tastes better. Free beer. Free beer. Right. What are What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Water. Water? Yeah. What is that? Sad trombone noise. You mean the ingredient in beer? Uh, that is an ingredient in beer, yes. Yes. Oh. oh, so you must not be feeling well. No, I have succumbed to a science infection. So. Well, you know what, then? I will drink for the both of us tonight. Hand me two more beers. I will drink four beers in the next Perfect. hour. And can do um, probably end up divorced. But <laughs> so. Married? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the Super Bowl is behind us, as Craig said. Let's jump into it. We are now into the offseason. Officially. Yep. Let's jump into our burning hot take questions for the start of the offseason. Craig, you okay. will give. I will receive. All right. I'm going to take uh, a sip of my beer while you answer. Okay. Uh, well, first question. Do you think the new coach of the <clears throat> of the Lions is going to have an impact, like immediate impact next season? Yes. Next question. Yeah, like their defense is going to be better? Or you think well, overall they're going to be a better team? Did you hear they hired Paul Pasqualoni as their, and I just bashed his last name, Pasqualoni? Pasqualani? He was the coach at Syracuse during, I believe, during the McNabb era. He was a coach at UConn for a while. Complete defensive-minded guy. He's been an assistant in the NFL. He got hired today as their defensive coordinator. Oh. So you have a defensively-minded coach who brings in a very old-school, very experienced defensive-minded coach to play a coordinate to, in the coordinator's role. Yes, I think the Detroit Lions are going to be a better team defensively next year. I mean, groundbreaking, maybe not, but top 10, I would say most certainly. Most certainly a top 10 defense next year. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to see a couple games with them first to see how they gel with the new coach. And we don't have um, a schedule for the... They, they, they released the... um matchups they haven't released a schedule so we can't yeah, say here's no their schedule. first four games so Did we you know don't matt know. patricia is like an aerospace engineer is he like he's actually a rocket scientist can i just tell you too i heard his post-game comments after the super bowl and it's the first time i've actually listened to him speak okay he does not look like he should sound like that i i somehow i felt he should sound more like bluto from popeye yeah and he comes out with this kind of just a little bit so of, like mike tyson yeah kind well, of thing. not quite as high pitch as mike tyson but higher pitch than i thought I was expecting down here, you know, I'm a mountain of a man. And instead, I got something more a little bit like this. And it's like, whoa, huh. you cannot grow a beard like that and have a voice like that. It just don't <laughs> match. It doesn't match. It does not. All right. So so you're you're taking a wait and see approach. with yeah. Detroit. And don't forget, too, we haven't we, we haven't started free agency. The draft hasn't happened yet. Um, I would be shocked, though. And this is not my question, but just a follow up on what you said. I would be shocked if they didn't focus on defense in the draft. They've got a lot of good pieces on offense. I mean, maybe a running back, maybe another wide out. But I would otherwise, I would think they got to be defensively focused in the draft. Yeah, I can see them going defense 
<clears throat> with their first pick. Right, right. Okay, so mm-hmm. question number two is from me. Okay. Earlier today, yep. Chris Ballard, the uh, general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, sent out an email to the season ticket base entitled, Meet Our New Head Coach. <laughs> and I think you can say where oh this is going. Oh, my. And, sa- and said, please join us at 3.30 as we in- in, uh, introduce our new head coach, Mr. Sean McVay. That's not right. That's not right at all. Oh, jeez. I'm doing it already. We're only four minutes <laughs> you in. You mean Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn, I just and since just said to me on 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 Sunday, he was like, "You gotta get your names down, man." It's it's really weird when you miss up names. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know." Okay, Josh McDaniels. Um, obviously that didn't come to pass. No, he's staying in New England. So more embarrassed here. The head coach who sent out an email, the coach who said, "Oh yes, I'll take your job," and then decided literally the night before, "No, I won't take your job." The Indianapolis Colts franchise. Who's embarrassed here? Um, <clears throat> to a degree, I don't, well, I don't think Josh McDaniels is, although his agent, uh, quit. I w- I remember you telling me that. So his agent just quit and this is not new. They've this fought is, it before. This was after, yeah, apparently they've worked together on and off throughout Do you know who career. the agent was? Was it a big name guy or? Um, I'm not sure. I can look it up. If it's not jumping to you, it's probably not a big name guy. It's not like a, um. He was oh. just like, uh, I'm out of here after yeah. he said no. But I think the head coach more. Just because you know, he did, because of the email. Oh, the GM. The GM. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, I I'm willing to give him a pass just because he was under the impression this entire time that um that the guy was coming and he took full responsibility for it. He had a press conference today at three thirty um to announce that you know uh, McDaniel's had decided not to come come to Indy and he and when somebody said to him, so what the heck was up with this email? And he said, that's totally my fault, completely my fault. I thought we had an agreement in place. I was fully expecting everyone to be here and us to be celebrating him coming. He changed his mind at the last minute. That is my fault. I sent that email out prematurely. Nice ownership. I like that. Yeah. You know, I mean. Very upfront. So what do they, so the follow-up question to that is, what do they do now? They're supposedly, hold on to your hat here, they want to interview Frank Reich. Really? Frank Reich. Does he leave Philadelphia and go to Could you imagine if Andrew Luck actually came back and they got some pieces in there? It could work. Frank Reich finally got a Super Bowl ring. I want to make the following (laughs) statement, and and this solidifies my point. Frank Reich won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. That's right. So three backup quarterbacks won a Super Bowl. Yes. Think about that. Yes, in the same game. In the same game. In the same game. So... And all just right. for the record, Sean, I've been saying all season that I thought the Eagles... That was hysterical. So just because, you know, you don't really listen. I highly doubt you do listen that to this. That was hysterical. So we can. So our buddy, Sean, we, we <laughs> have a, a, a group chat that we discuss all things football on, mainly in our DFS world. And uh, I was giving Craig credit for the fact that he had been calling Philly all years, like from the very beginning. And our buddy, Sean, just responded with, oh, yeah, well, that was a great pick when Wentz was the... Uh, QB, but um, what have you said since then? And I, if you look back at the the, and I don't remember the exact week, the week that Wentz got hurt, I asked Craig during burning hot take questions, does this change your Super Bowl pick? And his answer was no. I am sticking with Philly. Yep. So, so there. I would I would say you know we're going to lose Sean. a listener f- from Sean <laughs> because I'm criticizing him, but Sean don't listen anyway. So thanks a lot, Sean. Yeah, thanks for your support. <laughs> Um, all right, burning hot take question number three is yours. <laughs> Hold on, I need some water. 
Yeah, that's fair. I'm dead air. I should probably talk while Craig drinks. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's okay, fine. he's back. We're good. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> what do you got? Um, Super Bowl related, not necessarily, yeah. um, you know, NFL part of it. Uh, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Or did you even have one? Oh, They're not like they used to be. I mean, the Tide commercials were pretty entertaining just because they were kind of retro and and different at the same time. I mean, I don't watch Stranger Things. From what I understand, the guy who is... He's a t- main character in yeah, Stranger Yeah, so things. that was a big thing. That, honestly, for me, and this is my geekdom is going to show, the Solo teaser was big for me. I am very much looking forward to the Han Solo movie. I was surprised hoping, by that. I was, I'm was. i more interested now. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't suck. Um well, you really, I mean, they can make up whatever story they want, so. Well, but I mean, it, supposedly the storytelling was really, really bad. I mean, you know the whole story behind this, right? I don't remember the director's name, but they had this director. He basically shot the entire movie, brought in a rough cut of the movie to Disney execs and went, so here's where we're at. What do you think? And they went, you're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> and then Ron Howard walked through the door, said, hmm, I think I can salvage your turkey. And has been re-editing and reshooting, and supposedly reshot like a huge chunk, like more than fifty percent of the scenes. Oh, all right. To make this work, had did a, a a tremendous rework on this, and even still, when he brought it to Disney the second time around, he was like, "Listen, guys, I don't know if I can salvage this story. This is just not, I think, a great story." Um, but Disney's going to move forward. There was a brief period of time where Disney was considering canceling the project. After spending millions of dollars on two different directors and two different shooting schedules, they were considering pulling the plug on it because they were worried it was going to be a franchise killer. But given what I saw in the teaser, I'm okay. Yeah. My only issue I wonder if they'll show um, him saving Chewie. I have to think that he will because he's at the end of the teaser. Yeah. Um, So you got to think that this is kind of... Or if they'll show uh, Han's wife... Han's wife. Oh, yeah. Han was married? Yeah. I did not know that. In the comics, he was. What was her name? Was it like Iquira or Quabira or Quira or something like that? Because there's, a, have to, there's a, have to look it up. There's alternate movie posters based on where you go. Mm-hmm. And sh- there's a woman named Kira or Quira. Q-U-I-R-A. Yeah, in, but in the, in the uh, comics, she uh, she shows, like she gets off a ship and she just walks up to him. And Han's all surprised and Leia's like, who is that? And then oh. Oh. she's like... My, she's like my ex-husband. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Oh, my God. There was a show on VH1 for a while, a reality show called Tool Academy. Did you ever see this? No. It's where women could take their boyfriends, who they considered to be complete tools, for lack of a better <laughs> term, and try to teach them to be better people. And halfway through one of the seasons, I used to flip it on when there was nothing better to watch. It's trash TV. It's something you can just turn on. This woman walks into the house. And you just see one guy go, oh, crap. <laughs> he had two girlfriends. Oh. And they didn't know about each other. Oh, well, of course. In part of the interview process for the show, he let slip that. Because they, the whole thing was they didn't tell them they were going to Tool Academy. They were telling them going to be like the manly academy, like you're the best boyfriends ever. Yeah. And he let slip to the producers that he was so manly he had two women. Oh. And so they invited the second one to gate crash. Yeah, of course, because it's reality TV. It is trash TV. Yep. Um, and it just, oh, my God, the sparks flew. And that's that's what I'm envisioning in my head right now when you say Han's wife walks off of a ship and and Leia's standing there and she's like, wait a minute, you were married before? All right, so that's burning hot take question. So let's move on. Let's move on. Super Bowl 52 is in the books. 
Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles are the champions of the NFL, much to the chagrin of many prognosticators, many <coughs> experts. <laughs> and so now is the time where I open the floor to Craig to tell every person. Did, did you make a list? I did not. You did not. Okay, so just do a couple off the top of your head. The most egregious, um, the most egregious uh, violators. Craig wrote to me in the middle of last week and went, "I can't watch any more Super Bowl coverage because all I'm hearing is how great the Patriots and Tom Brady is, and I don't think it's fair." So my suggestion to him was to turn it off, which I did, and make a mental list of everybody (laughs) who's saying this, so that if the Eagles win next week, you can read them the riot act on the podcast. So here we are. Here we are. Give us just two or three people you're just like, shut the hell up about the Patriots um, now. Well, everyone on ESPN, pretty much everyone. That's fair. Again, it's a network based in New England, so. I know, I know. And they're higher up in Connecticut than we are, so. Yeah. Um, actually, all the entertainment channels. Really? Because, um, you know, my wife watches E! and Access Live and all those channels. They had various Tom Brady things on. Can't, I couldn't even. I couldn't escape it. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. And you know what? They lost. Yep. He couldn't catch a pass. Yep. That went right off his fingertips. Now, to be fair, the the ball that Foles caught on the exact same play, which, by the way, I know this is an explicit podcast, so I can say what I'm about to say. Yeah. Huge balls to call Huge. that play. And did you see Nick Foles is the one that called that play? I don't care who called it. Whoever. whoever he was like, he walked over to the sideline at timeout. He's like, let's do it. Yeah, and but but somebody like, had right. somebody had to give him the thumbs up. So they all have gigantic, massive man balls for calling and executing that play. Now, yep. granted, the pass to Brady was not well thrown. No, but he was wide open. But he was wide open, and we know he's slow. That's not news. No, you know. So to me, that that's a, ball, a pass they should have caught. And then Nick Foles looks over. You know, Bill Belichick goes, "Oh man, well if Brady can't do it, nobody can." And Nick Foles goes, "Hold my beer." <laughs> and goes over there and converts the freaking play. I mean, in a foot race, who wins, Nick Foles or Tom Brady? I think it's pretty close. They're Probably both Nick very Foles. slow. Probably Nick Foles, though. Probably Nick Foles, but a better thrown ball. But here, here, Here's the thing that I've been saying, and I know we have Patriot fans that listen. And I'm not saying that they're a bad... A number of them. I'm not saying they're a bad team, and I'm not saying Brady is a bad quarterback. I am just saying Brady is a product of the Patriots' system. Okay, so we're going to turn this into a Craig counter Craig right there. You so, finish this, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And then the other thing, when people play the Patriots, and they get ahead, even if it's like by, you know, four points, they completely change how they play. Yeah. Doug Peterson said, screw that. We're just going to keep playing the exact same way that we're playing. We're going to go for it on fourth down. We're not going to hold back. We're going to run when it works. We're not going to stop. Because you know the Patriots didn't, they don't have a good run defense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Decided to actually play football against the Patriots, and they won. And they won. So here's why I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. With one sentence, mm-hmm. you're not wrong that Brady is a product of the system. Name me a quarterback, and this is something I brought up at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Name me a quarterback that is not a product of the system in which they play in. I can think of three in the history of the NFL. Like made a direct impact on their team as soon as they started? Or was able to change systems and not skip a beat? Carson Wentz. He's only had one system. He's, He's only a, played on one team in the NFL. Doesn't matter. He walked into it. 
That, no, that doesn't count. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't because that's yes. the initial system. That's like that. that that's no, like, he just went from four years of college into the NFL. That's right. And the initial NFL system he learned was the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson system. So it doesn't count. Ah, uh, that still counts. No. No no, 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 no. We're talking about in an NFL, in a, name me a quarterback in the NFL who changed NFL systems and was immediately successful and successful for a prolonged, at least like a season or two. There season are three names that came to mind and that was it. Montana. Montana was one. Mm. I'll feed you the other two. All right. The other two. Oh God, now I got to remember them. There you go. <laughs> was Montana, uh, Peyton yep. Manning. Mm-hmm. Immediately walked into Denver yep. and made a direct impact on their win loss. Yep. And Brett Favre immediately walked into the Jets and took them to. Actually, I was just thinking. And then immediately walked into the Minnesota Vikings and took them deep into the playoffs. I think they made the NFC Championship, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Other than that, name me a single quarterback who changed NFL systems and was immediately successful. Go. I'll wait here. I am still going with my Wentz argument. No. Because when you're didn't... a rookie, you're completely like it's brand new. Exactly. You're completely lost. So it's not a system change. It's learning a <clears throat> it system, a system for the change. first time. No, it's not. You're changing from a, a college system to the NFL. So what NFL coach did he play with before at the NFL level before he played with the Philadelphia Eagles? I still think it counts. Doesn't count. It doesn't count. All rookies come in with that. And there's a bunch of rookies who have the talent and the ability to pick up their first system. But or think, they're horrible. Or they're, well, so, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying a bunch of them. Name me a veteran quarterback who changed teams and changed systems and was immediately successful. Look at Matt Ryan when the system changed around him this year. He didn't even have to change teams. His offensive coordinator left and it all fell apart. Julio Jones is a coin flip on every pass. Well, that's I don't think that involves coaching. That's oh, Julio I think Jones. that's all coaching. Him not being able to catch. Yes. Because I think the play scheme has changed. They're not familiar with it. They're not comfortable with it. And it's different than their skill sets. I think that's a huge thing. I don't know if so I will challenge you one last time. Name me one other right. quarterback. Can't think of one right now. Kansas City has brought in a litany of quote unquote veteran quarterbacks in the last 20 years. Steve Bono, Elvis Gerback, Joe Montana, uh, even Steve DeBrusque. Wow, he went, uh, we went way back there. And uh, DeCraig. Um, uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Steve Craig. Uh, not DeCraig. Steve Craig. Dave Craig. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus did See not that? play. You changed yourself ever since you mentioned the name thing. Yeah, I did. Um, it's in my head now, so now I'm overly reacting to it. Jesus did not play for the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. <laughs> to the best of my life. But none of them were successful except Montana, who in his first year took him to the AFC Championship before getting crushed by the Bills. It is extremely hard to change systems and be successful. So I think that while Brady is a product of the Patriot system, it's not that's not a knock on Brady. That's just the way the NFL is. What he's done is found a system that works with him, and he and the coach have both right, agreed that, that this is going to stay him the greatest point. quarterback to walk the earth. I never said he was. Well, I not you. Never but... accepted the goat argument. That's I mean, the other part of it. That's if the you other want to talk about, if you want to talk about a guy who could walk into any situation and be a great quarterback, you're talking about the three names I put out there, which would be Montana, Manning, and Favre. Brett Favre took three he made up different his own teams. Offense. Brett Favre walked into each huddle and instantly added two wins minimum. <laughs> uh, let me let me just say this: Brett Favre <laughs> took the Jets to the playoffs. Yeah. The only other quarterback in like the last five or six years to do that was a guy named Matt Sanchez, and he sat on a football. He did. Like an egg. Like he was he trying did. to hatch it. He might have been. 
<laughs> so I'm just saying, yes, Brady is absolutely a product of their system. But keep in mind, too, how many times the offensive coordinator changed in the time Brady has been there, and he keeps rolling because Belichick's system is pretty consistent across coordinators. You know, Charlie Weiss has been there. Uh, Daniel McDaniels has been there. It's been a fair few. So, yes, you're right. He's a product of the system, but I will not knock him for being smart enough to stay in a place that he works well in. Right. Then I guess I should change my argument to he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Which you won't get a argument. Again, I think that's whenever you get into a goat argument, it's just too hard. It's just too hard. There's always for every point you can bring up, there's always a counterpoint. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's something, you know, we can bring in we can bring Sinjin for that argument because he does believe that Tom Brady is the goat. So so next (laughs) next question. But I mean, seriously, we could sit there. We could ask him. And I guarantee you he would sit there and say, you know what, Britt, we could go back and forth on this all day. I believe that based on the stats and his accomplishments that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. And you can sit there and say, well, Montana did and Favre did and Manning did. He would openly admit that it is, it is a difficult argument to have and an argument that constantly evolves. When Montana retired, everybody said, Joe Montana, there's never going to be another quarterback like Joe Montana. Nobody's going to lead more teams to Super Bowls. Nobody's going to do as much stuff as he did. And then Tom Brady said, hold my beer. But you know now Tom Brady has the same. Uh, well, no, the Patriots have the same record as the Bills. Yeah, as the most lost Super Bowls. Well, yes, but they're also five and five in Super Bowls. Name me another team that is better than five hundred and played in ten Super Bowls. Don't I don't know. think there is. I think they are tied for the record in most Super Bowl <laughs> appearances, or they have it by a mile. Either way, do so you think do you think Patriot fans are ready for the the crumbling of Camelot? What's ah, gonna happen? so there's our next qu- there's our next topic. What <laughs> is next for the Patriots? Is Camelot crumbling? Let's ask you. Uh, I think it's going to start next season. And what are you basing that observation on? Uh, what do you see that tells you this? Uh, well, I'm basing it on Patricia leaving. Was well, part of it. So what? Romeo Cornell left. The yeah. dude after Cornell left. That, and I think <clears throat> Belichick between the Garoppolo trade and the told Doctor Brady thing. I think Belichick is not thrilled he said he's coming back but quite honestly if tomorrow i read belichick said screw you i'm going to the jets whatever like i could see that happening josh mcdaniels didn't stay because he wants to be the offensive coordinator for another 15 years Uh, that's the way i'm looking at the belichick thing yes and here's the thing so as part of and brady is getting older even though he has his magic pajamas magic pajamas can only do so much only do so much so i pulled on tuesday a bunch of Patriot fans. I sent out an email and I asked them a, a couple of questions or basically one question evolved into another question, but I will get to there in a second. Are you, and one of the questions that evolved is, is this the end of the Patriots as we know it? And the best response I got was from our friend, Mark Casiglio, who basically said he's been a Patriot fan since the seventies and eighties. He always felt like they got bad karma and that the universe owed them. He feels like the last two or three years have been gravy. That karma evened out after like the third or fourth Super Bowl win. And last year's win was gravy. And so this year does not sting. And he is preparing himself for the downturn in the Patriot output. Our friend Keith. Keith said his exact words were, this is the end of an era. I mean, here's the thing. Whether you like it or not, 
the Patriots are the most sustained dynasty in the modern NFL. Think about it. Who has been yep. this good for this long? And I get it. There are people, <coughs> Craig, who think that the officials are paid off. There are people, <coughs> Craig, who think the <laughs> league are are on the Patriots' side in every call. You know, I, I was impressed that. by the lack of no calls in this. Super that's Bowl. don't jump topics yet. But yes, that's that's next on my agenda <laughs> is the refereeing. Um, but the bottom line is the Niners in the eighties didn't do it for this long. The Cowboys in the nineties didn't do it for this long. The Bills, even I mean, again, again, the Bills never won a Super Bowl, but they were a dynasty. Making four straight Super Bowls is an epic achievement. None of these dynasties have done it for as long as the Patriots have consistently, and that's something. What where it comes from is 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 up to you, up to to, to conversation. But I mean, it's it, and I do. I think Patriot fans have told me this is the end of an era. So right now, give the Patriots a record for next year. You know they got to play the Jets twice, they got to play the Bills twice, and they got to play the Dolphins twice. That's six games. I got to think they're going to go at least at worst four and two. In those six games. Who else are they playing? I have no freaking clue. Let's look clue. it up. Go ahead and look that up. So <clears> let's <throat> talk about, while Craig looks that up, let's talk about really quickly the officiating, because Craig brought it up. There were not a lot of flags. Um, there were a lot of offensive holding calls I thought were overlooked, but I liked that. It was very clear from the onset of the game that the officials were going to let these guys play. That's what I liked. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a football a football game where the officiating was consistent and non-impactful. And that's really what we got. You know, um, they called it even. They called it even. It's not like Philadelphia got calls or New England got calls and the other side didn't. They called it even. Then now the fact that they decided to do a low penalty game and let a lot of stuff go, I am absolutely fine with that. As long as it doesn't endanger player safety, I am cool with it. So I am fine with the fact that the refs let the kind of game flow go. What did you? What, yep. You, you like the officiating? Did you like that kind of uh, flow? Yeah, I'm glad they let them play. And nothing, nothing too huge was. I don't. I don't feel like anything too huge was missed. There wasn't like. <clears throat> and there wasn't like any play where I was like, "Oh my god, how can you miss that?" Right. I didn't. Or feel why that did way. you call that? Right. Exactly. And that's what you worry about because what tends to happen in these games is three calls go in one direction. Like we saw, like you, you were very critical of the Jacksonville penalties in the Jacksonville Patriot game that all of a sudden there was two or three calls in like a minute period that resulted in 60 plus yards and swung the momentum. There was nothing like that in this game. No, nothing. And, and I liked that. So did we able to pull up their opponents? Yeah, so they are playing. All right, I'm going to do win loss with you right now. <clears throat> Just go off the list. Colts. You want home win. and away? No, I don't care. Okay. You know, I, yeah, I guess we should. All right. This is home. Okay. Colts. Win. Jets. Win. Uh, Packers. At home? Yes. Win. Vikings. Loss. Uh, Dolphins. Win. Texans. Win. Bills. Win. Uh, Chiefs. Win. <laughs> That's a win. Sorry, Chiefs. Okay, this now is we're a, away. away. <clears throat> Jacksonville. Loss. Steelers. Loss. Jets. Win. Detroit. Win. Bears. Law. Uh, win. Uh, Dolphins. Win. Bills. Loss. Titans. Win. What that puts them at twelve and four. What were they this year? Like fourteen <clears throat> and two. Yes. 
So there it is. Automatically, it's a two-win swing. And again, a part of this is that they play one of the worst divisions in football. The worst divisions in they football. Do. And I did. I gave the Bills a win at home because they will I, lose. I can see the Jets beating them once. That's the thing. They're like, going to go. You never like, know what happens when they play the Jets. They're going to probably go four and two or five and one in division. They're probably going to. But who that one team that beats them is going to be, you never know. There's always those games you look back on and went, holy crap, how did that happen? And maybe that, that's what we can do next week. Let's We'll take a look at all the results. We'll go back to like week three and take a look and went, holy crap, how did that happen? You know? We can do that. I mean, that's that, we got a whole offseason to fill. But the Olympics are starting next week, so we're going to talk a lot about Olympics. So, okay, so what's next for the Pats is they've got to recover, they've got to regroup, and they've got to start grooming a successor for Brady. Don't care if he's going to play four or five more years. How many years was Aaron Rodgers on the bench behind Favre? Three? Two? I think three. Two or three seasons. He, I think you're right. I think it was three. Behind Favre the entire time, and he stepped right in. You have got to start getting Brady's successor ready. And you started doing it with Brissett. You started doing the Garoppolo, and then you traded them both. You have got to stop listening to what Tom Brady wants and start reminding who signs Tom Brady's check. There you go. Tom Brady, there comes a point in time where even the best NFL players have to be told you're not the future of the franchise. You may not even be the now of the franchise anymore. And I don't know that he is going to be the now of the franchise starting next year. I just don't. You've got to start working on a successor. Yeah, I can't tell you who their backup is. I don't know off the top of my head either now. Like, what would it, what would have happened? Is it Scott if, Zolak still <clears throat> in the last twenty years? Like, what would have happened if Brady caught that pass and let's hypothetically say someone leveled him? Got leveled? Gets a concussion? First off, there would have been an all-out brawl on the field. <laughs> and when I say brawl, I mean the moment a Patriot person pushed a Philadelphia player in defense of Tom Brady, that person would have ripped off his helmet and started beating <laughs> Brady with it, saying he started it and pointing at the guy who pushed him. That's what um, would have happened. But, like, who would they have put in? Uh, Josh McDaniel, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know who the backup there is. I've, I've stopped trying to remember who the backup is because they keep trading him. That's really what it is. So, all right, so before I move on from the Patriots, yep. Malcolm Butler played He's 97. He's going to have a new team next year. Played 97 to 98% of all Patriot defensive snaps in the 2017 campaign. He played... He started all but one of their regular and postseason games before the Super Bowl and then did not see the field in the Super Bowl. He wasn't even on special teams? He did. He came out to the yeah, he came out on special teams. I don't really count that. Nobody counts special teams. Except for fantasy stats. And usually they lumped that in with defense. So <laughs> um did not see a defensive play on the field during the Super Bowl. Belichick said it was not a disciplinary move it was a gameplay move do you believe bill belichick when he says this was a purely game planning move no okay explain uh because belichick always does things for various like because he's so closed you really never get the full explanation or you're, mm-hmm. you're never going to find out exactly the reason why something happened right so so something may have happened, but yeah, it was still his technically his decision not to start him. So I reached out to five different Patriot fans, and that was the question that I led the discussion with. Do you not, was it good to start or not start Butler? Do you believe the coach when he says this had nothing to do with discipline and was purely game planning? I got four responses. 
and very few yes or no's. I'm not going to throw any in a particular person under the bus, but I put out this question. Do you believe Bill Belichick when he says this was not disciplinary, this was purely game planning? The first response I got was, no, I believe there's something more to this conversation and Belichick has a better answer to give. That's great. The next answer I got was, well, Belichick's been there for a long time, so you got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt when he tells you something like this. On the other hand, Butler's been a part of the Patriots for, what, four seasons now, and he's crucial to the previous Super Bowl win, so you got to give him that too. What's your answer? <laughs> yes or no, you believe Bill Belichick. People are so confused by this move in general that they didn't know how to respond. At the end of the day, when I finally held people's feet to the fire, I got four different Patriot fans to give me their view, and three of them said, I don't fully believe Belichick. I think there's something he's holding back. Yeah, I believe that. That's telling to me. That is very telling to me. So Butler's obviously going to have a new team next year. He was the 32nd best paid cornerback in the NFL this year. Hmm. Um He's averaged less than or just over a half million dollars a year throughout his career. He's going to go somewhere and sign a big contract. I'm going to talk to Malcolm Butler directly right now because I know he's not a listener and I'm hoping he will become a listener. I'm going to personally tweet him a link to this episode. Malcolm Butler, come to Kansas City. We have beautiful things that you would like to do, like catch balls. Marcus Peters is there. (laughs) And Marcus Peters does get ejected fairly regularly. Because Marcus Peters gets ejected fairly regularly, you will have even more of an opportunity to catch more pad passes. Please come to Kansas City. Come there. Sign there. It's just like playing in New England, but our fans are nicer and the color of their shirts are different. That's (laughs) really all it is. I mean, right? Right now? Are you going to tweet him right now? No, I'm not tweeting right oh. now. I was just double-checking something. Oh. <laughs> I got him confused for a moment with a former UConn player named Darius Butler. I was about to say, and I went to UConn, so you have to come there, but he went to West Virginia. No. Well, so. it's a couple states different. Come over. Come to Kansas City, man. It's <laughs> like my tourism video, which is way better than the hastily constructed Cleveland video, which I made Craig watch last week. That was amusing. All right, so moving forward, what's next for the Eagles? You have a championship in tow. What do you need to do to actually win the NFC East and have a shot at repeating? Because a lot of, don't forget, a lot of Super Bowl champions don't even make the playoffs the next year. There's this weird thing where it's like 75% in the last 20 years don't even make a playoff berth. Really? Yeah, repeating is pretty much limited to the the Patriots and, and the Broncos. So what is what you being the Eagles aficionado on this podcast, what do the Eagles need to do during the offseason? Uh, the Eagles need to shore up their offensive line because <clears throat> they one did of a pretty damn good job against the Pats, though. They did. They did. Okay. Um, the other thing, they have to decide what they're going to do with two quarterbacks because this is Ooh. still Carson Wentz's team. Clearly. Agreed. So what do you do with Nick Foles? Does Nick Foles? Do they pay Nick Foles more to stay as insurance? He is a free agent, because he's not. I believe so. I believe so. he is a free agent after this year. What if you're Nick Foles? What do you do? Who was thinking about retiring. Thinking about retiring, and now all of a sudden has a street cred. Did and maybe, you see, maybe he'll just retire. Maybe he's just like, you know, go out on top. Did you I'm see done. the Madden Ultimate version of Nick Foles they released? No. The, oh, my God. This is a guy so who was a hundred for everything is up n- running. No, no, but he always he was an overall like sixty or seventy in the preseason when they originally reached Matt. They released a ninety nine rated 
ultimate Nick Foles Super Bowl <laughs> edition. That's the funny. The only stat under 90 is speed at 79. <laughs> Everything else is like accuracy downfield, 97. Short accuracy is 99. Now, now, does this mean Nick Foles might be on a cover of Madden next year? It's possible. That would be awesome. And he, and he retires. <laughs> that would be awesome. Here's Here was my issue with the Madden thing, because it was all over Twitter, so I stopped to look at the actual digital card. His accuracy while running is like a 94, but Nick Foles doesn't run. So how do you know that? How can you rate? How no, it's, you... it's someone's job at EA to come up with these stats. Maybe that's what you should do. Maybe that should be your next career. Maybe. Just come up with stats for players. Maybe. Quick aside, I just got a message from ESPN. We record on uh, Wednesday nights for those who haven't figured that out by now. Just got a message from ESPN. My Connecticut Huskies men, which are on a three-game uh, three skid, yep. are leading 21-4 to four at the end of the first quarter. Oh. Over South Florida. Oh. What college basketball team scores four points in a quarter? I wait a minute. Twenty one to four college basketball. Come on. I'm not How's that possible? <laughs> I, I don't know because we're here talking about football. Do they just not game. give they just like pass the ball to oh, you? Oh, that's count? the women. Oh, I'm sorry. The, All right. the men even are on a skid. Even still. Even still. That means you made two baskets the entire quarter? In 15 minutes? I think they're 12. 12 minutes? It might be 15. I don't know. I don't pay attention to the clock. First off, you watching the UConn women, it's like once once they're up by double digits, you just turn it off. You go find something else to do, except during the tournament. I mean, it's just... Anyway. So 21 to 4. There's your scoring yeah, update. Do you do that? Now, by the time you hear this podcast, this the game will have been over for two days. Yes. But at least. So... All right, so we talked about the Pats, we talked about the Eagles, we talked about what's next for Nick Foles and Malcolm Butler, we talked about what's next for the different teams that participated in Super Bowl 52. We spent about as much time recapping Super Bowl 52 as we did on the prop bets for Super Bowl 52. That's right. Did you win any of those? Uh, I lost. Okay, so my brother did a prop bet pool for everybody who was there. Yep. And I missed the prop bet pool by one freaking point. Oh. There were one, 20 which, bets, which and I got it? 15 of them right. And I got the I. You ready for what cost me this pool? Okay. There are two that I got wrong that I'm kicking myself for. One was I still took I did not realize Pink had the flu, so I took the over in the national anthem, and the guy who won took the under. I took the under in that. Yeah, and you were right. It was like a minute fifty two officially, or a minute fifty three. Um, and then the other one on his list was: Will Justin Timberlake start his set with a hat on? And, of course, Justin Timberlake came out dressed like he had just gone to Goodwill, gotten an <laughs> old white suit, and then rolled around in a dumpster for half an hour to get some color on it. Yep. And no hat. No. And that's really what cost me the pool. That was it. So my brother did do, really quickly before we move on, an innovative kind of thing, though, uh, at the Super Bowl. He did poker chips. Oh. With the number zero through fourteen on them, okay, and then the word none on a fifteenth chip, and everyone got to pay into a pool to draw a chip. Every the first touchdown of every quarter, whatever number was the minute marker matched your chip, you won. So the first touchdown was scored with like eight minutes and twenty three seconds left in the first quarter. I was holding the chip that had eight on it, and that mm -hmm. was the minute marker. I won. Oh, okay, that's I cool. liked very random. I felt bad. Our friend Cinch. First quarter drew zero and one. Oh, and then of course, of course, once there's a touchdown, he's done. Second quarter, he drew like one and no scores. Oh, so every quarter you redo, you it. redraw, you redraw. Like, you know, seeing so he had the worst drawing luck of all time. I felt Damn. so bad for Cinch. 
So, all right, really quick. So the other thing that happened outside of the Super Bowl was the the trade of Alex Smith. And if you read the article on WordPress, if you have not, (laughs) fignutsdfs.com. I put up an article last week. Right after we finished. Literally Literally half an hour after I got home, those people who know me know I hate pants. <laughs> Don't you hate pants? Don't you hate pants? I, that's ex- I am with Homer on that. I hate pants. So when I get home, the first thing I do after doing this podcast <laughs> is I get comfy. I've worked a full day. I've done <laughs> podcast prep in my spare time between work and now. The first thing I do is the pants come off. I sit down. For those no of you s- know Britt, that's a wonderful image, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to send you guys a full body image of me pointing at my pants and put it on Twitter tomorrow so you can oh, all see boy. the glory that is Britt and imagine me without oh, pants. Oh, boy. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. <laughs> How does that translate? How do we go from Britt without pants to saying hi to Deb? I don't know. That's go terrible. And he's, Craig's trying to say this is, we all blow the whistle. <laughs> blow the whistle. It's like when we heard Ric Flair talk. It was cut the mic. <laughs> cut the mic. <laughs> cut off his mic. Uh, go on. Um, all right. So anyway. I took my pants off. I sit down. I'm not on the couch three minutes getting comfortable. A text comes through. Alex Smith just traded to the Washington Redskins after Craig and I spent almost 15 minutes talking about where Alex Smith should go on a podcast that would not be released until the next morning. (laughs) I was ripped. And I I said in the article, and I almost did it. I picked up my phone, and for a half a heartbeat, I was going to text Craig and went, we need to (laughs) re-record. And I got up off the couch and I stood there for a moment (laughs) and I thought about putting my pants back on and coming over and I must have stood there for a good solid minute or two because finally my wife looked over and went, what are you doing? (laughs) Because I was literally just standing there with the phone in my hand looking like I was lost. And I'm like, I think I need to go back to Craig's. No, no, I'm not doing this. So Alex Smith to the Redskins, not a destination we anticipated. No, but what do they do? They're slapping the franchise tag and Kirk cousins so that they can sign and trade they can do a sign and trade on them and that's not a bad idea but if i were cousins i would just refuse to sign the franchise tender you know what i would do no this is what i would do if i were kirk cousins i really want to annoy the redskins i'm gonna go sign the franchise tender the day camp opens not the day before like if camp officially opens at nine o'clock on august 1st i'm showing up at august 1st at 8 45 with a pen in my hand and I'm going to sign your franchise tender and force you to keep me as the backup and pay two different guys as a top five million quarterback. quarterback. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, don't forget when you, those deals, you can offset some of the money in the first year, the way the cap rules work. So you can offset some of the Alex Smith money to make this possible and be really deep at quarterback. You could do that. But next year, when Kirk Cousins is gone, because he's going to go after his franchise tag runs out. You're going to be left with a hole you need to fill and no money to sign that quarterback. And who are you signing to stick around at that point and help Smith out? RG3. No. no. <laughs> Whatever happened no. to him? Um, I think he's running a music studio in Nashville. I don't know. I just made that up <laughs> off the top of my head. But I, it's a good move, but you've got to let Nick Foles go. You cannot. Nick you, Foles. Nick Foles. Jeez. You've got to let Kirk Cousins, and I said that because I almost said Kurt there for a minute. You have to let Kirk Cousins go. You have to. You have to. You Just cannot play this franchise Just let tag. him go to the Jets. Just let anywhere. him. You, for two straight years, you were like, we're not going to give you a long-term deal. You need to prove yourself. For two straight years, he was a top 10 quarterback. He was. And that's not proof enough that you went out and got Alex Smith, who for one year was a top five quarterback. <laughs> one 
year. How long was he on the Chiefs? Uh, well, let's see. Since Reed got there, so this was his third season. Hmm. You know, I, you have got to let Cousins no, no, go. Washington makes some weird uh He weird can decisions. burn you. He can burn you if you put the franchise tag on him. He can burn you. He can sit there and sign that tender and then force you to either... Then you got to find somebody who's willing to trade him and take on a franchised quarterback salary with no guarantee he's going to last longer than a year. And that better happen before the draft because nobody's trading for a quarterback after the draft. It's not no, happening. Unless they really need to. Unless someone dies. Pretty unless much. someone dies. So... I like the signing. I was disappointed the moment Washington responded by saying, all right, we're, well, we're still going to consider putting the franchise tag on Cousins. That's a bad move. Um, but I don't think Smith will do well. I'm going to tell you, Washington's a five-win team next year. Heard it here first. Five wins for the Washington Redskins. They're going to have less wins than the Giants. Yes. Yes. The Giants will probably beat them at least once. All right. At least once. I don't think. I think it's a good move, but I think, again, quarterbacks changing systems... It's going to be a rough ride. It's going to be a rough ride. Yep. Plus, I don't think Washington has the pieces like Kansas City does. They had a very young team outside of Smith on the offensive side of the ball. Very young. Now it's younger. Yeah, I, don't, like, <clears throat> I don't see Washington uh, yeah, breaking 500 next year. I, I just don't see it. I like the trade I, I, if you want to move away from Cousins, but I think if you're going to do this, you just need to let Cousins go. Washington is trying to, to send a, a message to people and the message you're going to end up sending to people is don't come play for Washington if you can afford it because they treat their players like crap. Yeah. yeah. Now, ever since that whole infamous Kirk Cousins screaming, you like that game, he has <laughs> been the face that. of your franchise. Yeah, you like that. You like that. And like it was somebody else's <laughs> press moment. They're all like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> ever since that moment, he has been the face of your offense. The end. You've tried to bring in other people. Um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the guy who's their running back. They had three of them. Who am I thinking of then? The one who's... Rob Kelly? No, the other one. I have to look it up. Oh, Perrine. I think it's Samaj Perrine. Oh, that's right. Yep. You don't really have a strong face there. I mean, Kansas City could say, okay, Alex Smith is gone. We can still point at Kareem Hunt. We can still point at Travis Kelsey. We can still point at Tyreek Hill. Who is Washington pointing at? I mean, uh, honestly, Deshaun Jackson, he's not there anymore. Who's there? Yeah. Who are you pointing at saying, this is the guy who's going to make sure our offense doesn't change too much? Here's the guy we're going to rely on while Alex Smith gets comfortable. Nope. The only person would be Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and he's, you're going to franchise tag him or scare him out of town. You had your chance to sign Kirk Cousins. What you have said to the NFL players is we are a crap organization that do not care about our players. You can lead us to the playoffs. You can do great things with us as a team, and we are not going to surround you with talent. And when you actually want money that you deserve to be paid in terms of like other quarterbacks, we're not going to give it to you. That's what they've told people. That's, that, that is the lesson they have sent. That's my yeah, opinion. I don't remember last time the Redskins were actually like... Relevant? Good. In a long time. Before RG3, I think. Never forget, and this was this... All right, I got to take a sip of beer before I tell the uh, story. Okay. There's a sip. All right. So at my bachelor party, which was my brother abducting me and taking us to Atlantic City, we stopped on the way in Delaware. Why? <laughs> because Delaware's lottery actually offers NFL betting. Okay. Our friend Keith wagered probably about 45 bucks across a bunch of different variety of bets. Okay. There was a teaser, a super teaser, a 
parlay combo over under Quinella. thing. Yeah, it was all these different bets you could use. And it was all legal because it was moderated by the lottery. I went in and placed like four bets. And I was like, all right, I got like three of the four wrong and didn't win any money. You got to get all four. Looking at Keith's ticket as we're driving to Atlantic City, I realize every single one of his bets is contingent on the Washington Redskins losing that week to Jacksonville. That's it. And I said okay. to Keith, I said, are you sure about this? Jacksonville's not that good. I mean, this is 2015, 2014. I got married yeah. in 2014. And um, or was it 2015? God, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. It's the last two or three years. <laughs> but his response to me was, I'm not worried about it. RG3 is the Washington quarterback. There's no way he's going to lead this team over Jacksonville. So I'm sitting an hour or two later in a bar in Atlantic City, I think in the Tropicana, I'm sitting in their sports bar eating nachos. And at the goal line, RG3 goes down, clutches his knee and does not get back up. And Keith loses it. <laughs> like screaming, get up, get up, get up. You have to play. You have to play. He needs this team to lose. There's a dude in the next booth over in a Washington jersey. Looks over at Keith and says something like, don't worry, man. Kirk Cousins can handle it. Some people think Kirk Cousins is even better. And Keith looked at the dude and said, I think Kirk Cousins is better. That's why I want RG3 to get up. Get up, you idiot. Get up. <laughs> Jacksonville loses the game. Kirk Cousins has his first big game as a Redskin. Throws like three touchdowns. That wasn't that you like this game, but that was one of the predecessors to it. And the whole start of shift from the RG3 era began. And it killed all like $50 of Keith's legal NFL bets <laughs> in one swoop. And we could not stop laughing. We felt bad for him. But we also were like, you hinged all of your bets. All of them hinged on one, one. outcome. Yeah. That's and rough. Your entire idea behind was it. Is there was, anyone playing the Browns? <laughs> oh, God. I think I bet against the Browns that week. I think the Browns, I think it was one of the games the Browns actually beat Pittsburgh in <laughs> Cleveland. Oh, I don't remember. I remember. I just remember we I just remember we were in that liquor store placing bets on football for almost an hour because everyone was overthinking it. I like picked up the lotto ticket. I checked off four bets and I was like, here you go. Here's my dollar. I'm leaving now. And we were in nice. there for like almost another 45 minutes, you know, and I was looking around for beer and it was just a little package store in Delaware. There was no good beers to have. I'm like, that's sad. It was sad. So, so th- th- that's where I remember. That's where I'll always remember Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins. It killed Keith's super teaser. You know, sad time, so. Very. Uh, okay, so Alex Smith to the Redskins, good thing or bad thing in the end result, you think? Um, year one, good thing or bad thing? Good. Year two or three, good year, good thing or bad thing? I don't know. It was, well, depends it on what depends. they do around them. Yeah, it depends, like, who they have at the running back at that point. Okay. Okay. Because they have a running back by committee. So. That's true. That's true. Well, the Chiefs and all three of them got hurt last year. <laughs> the Chiefs went into this year with a plan for running back by committee. Don't forget, with um, West Hunt and Hunt, they had planned on West splitting the role with um, Kareem Hunt, and then West, of course, got hurt in the preseason, and Kareem Hunt took on a more starring role. It'll be interesting to see what they do with West back for a full season now, but we'll see what happens. So, um, all right, so all right. we're just about out of time. What do you want to add today? Right. We got a few minutes. All right. So um, really quick. Yeah. Uh, someone offered Le'Veon Bell. They said, would you play for the Jets for $50 million? 60. $60 million. Uh, yeah, we shared this tweet with each and other. And he yes. said, um, that's not enough. 
And I hate to tell Le'Veon Bell this, not to take away from his skill, but no running back is worth $60 million. I'm going to speak directly to Le'Veon Bell just now as I spoke to Malcolm Butler earlier. <laughs> Le'Veon, listen to me. You spent a half hour of your life this summer filling out, videotaping, and posting an application at Dairy Queen because you were concerned about money. If the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offered you $60 million tomorrow, you would go. You've played for you've played for winning teams before. It is clear that you are concerned about the longevity of your career and you want to take care of your family, and I have no problem with that. But don't tell me that the Jets are going to make you the highest paid player in football, and you would say no because it's the Jets. After the stuff you've done to make it clear you feel you deserve more money, I don't believe that for a freaking second. Sincerely, Britt. <laughs> Agreed. It's no. <clears throat> Everyone has a price. Yes, That's and everyone's going to pay. Said. <laughs> did you see the? Uh, were you the one who shared me the uh, WWE moment with Andre the the Giant winning the title for the first time, first and only time, and then selling it to Ted DiBiase? Oh yes. Yeah. That yep. Was that was that thirty years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thirty years ago. Yep. Thirty years ago. I just remember I, I was watching the clip you sent me, and how excited people were actually cheering the fact that Hulk Hogan had lost to Andre the Giant. Because Andre was just such a fan favorite. Everybody loved Andre. Yep. And everybody's cheering and like, yay, Andre, you're awesome. Yay, Andre. And then he was like, oh, no, I'm giving it to Ted DiBiase because he gave me a million dollars. That's that's not even close that's to the right more accent. Of an no. voice that was there. much more of an Arnold voice. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone, including Andre the Giant. You can't do a French Giant. accent. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> but, and then all of a sudden, everyone was like, wait, what? Uh, oh. Oh. Okay, well, Andre's rich now. Yay! <laughs> you know, it was they went from there. So more beer for him. More beer for him. How many beers did he drink? Was that world record? A lot. It's like hundreds, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't he have like 150 <clears throat> beers or something like that? And one yeah. sitting at a bar? Yep, and like a normal can looked like a double A battery in my hand. <laughs> like he was huge. He was a large individual. He was Very huge. Large. I mean, you don't get the title of the giant by being a short dude. I mean, this is a valid point. You know, a valid point. So, we're wrapping up. Final thoughts. We're going into our off season. We're gonna be looking at making some changes. We're taking steps to try not some changes like major changes, but we're gonna try and uh, some new software to potentially bring in guests. We are uh, accessing some um, podcast marketing services. There are rumors on the wind that we might be joining a podcast network for season two. Nothing confirmed, so I can't drop any names. But we are in the works to make sure that uh, we can improve and continually um, adapt the show to meet your guys' needs. We will start the prep work for 2018 probably right after the draft. Um, yeah. I, I, just, I think I, doing it too early is like, it would just be us guessing. I like love. Just, uh, I don't know. I love that some folks feel like they can do mock drafts now. I can't do mock drafts. No, it's too early. I can't. I just. I don't. I don't know enough about who is where and what's going to change. And it's not even like when Alex Smith going to Washington, how that changes Alex Smith. That that the ripple effect that changes Pat Mahomes' value. That changes Kirk Cousins' value. That changes the value of everyone on each of those teams' offenses in some way, shape, or form. Definitely, you cannot tell me that Tyreek Hill's value does not change in some way, shape, or form by making a switch from the passer of Alex Smith to Pat Mahomes. Whether you like Pat Mahomes or not, either way, every receiver's value changes. 
That's very true. I don't think people uh, consider that. Offensive line changes everything with pass protection and with the running backs. Tight ends change everything with the way defenses guard the pass. It's all still up in the air. So I'm going to wait at least a month. Not to mention, I could use some time to decompress. We have been doing this since July 1. Since July. I mean, oh. Now we have the Olympics. You have Olympic curling. Yes. Yes. So next week, I'm going to promise you this. There will be at least a couple of minutes about curling. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I am a member at Nutmeg Curling Club here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And so the Olympics is a big deal for us. So there'll be a few minutes on curling uh, next week. Craig, have you, did you did I ever drag you down to the club? Were you there the day we introduced Sean to it? Yes. Okay, so I'm sorry for that. You should come try it another time without Sean. It's much more enjoyable. <laughs> so, um, And for those of you who have never tried curling, go try it. It was invented by the Scottish. The people who brought you golf and drinking bring you... Golf on ice. Golf on ice. Essentially. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, golf, I guess not. You know what it is? Here's here's what it is. It's golf on ice if there was one hole and you got to intentionally try to hit your opponent's ball out of the way on every shot. All right. If you guys stood on the edge of a gre- of a putting green and your object was not only to get into the hole but to knock your opponents out of the way at the same time, it would be more like golf on ice. So... All right, final thoughts. Craig, right. go. Welcome to the offseason. Uh, yeah, welcome to the offseason. Um, man, this, went by, this season went by quick. Went by quick. Oh, God, no, it didn't. I don't know. I feel like we just started. But hey, you know what? Seven we're months 30, ago. We're 33 episodes in. We've been doing this for over eight months. Yeah. I need, I need a nap. <laughs> I haven't slept since July. Probably not. It's Probably like that not. episode of uh, The Simpsons where Bart has the weird powers and he won't let Krusty sleep or die. He has to make him keep broadcasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the, I think that was one of the Treehouse episodes. But anyway, yes, we will be shifting into off-season mode. But don't worry, there'll be plenty of contact. There'll be a lot more nonsense now that we have time. We're going to talk a little bit more board gaming. We're going to talk some curling. We'll talk a little bit about uh, video gaming because Craig is big into the electronic gaming. I've got a tabletop tournament coming up or convention rather. Um, so we'll talk a lot about that stuff too. So you get a lot more nerd culture and a lot, yeah, a lot but more. But if sensitive. anything happens, major sport wise. Well, of course we'll cover that first. Yeah. But you know, on the days where there's not a lot going on until we get closer to the draft and get some draft coverage, we'll do some fun stuff along the way. So please stick with us. Thank you for coming along with us this far. Fignutsdfs.com, Fignutsdfs on Twitter, and of course our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you and leave us reviews on iTunes. We're up to a total of seven reviews. So we actually have a posting on iTunes with our reviews on it. Keep it coming. Uh, we really appreciate it. So until next week, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm-hmm.